This is week two in the series that we're doing called This is the Way. We have a video for you. It's pretty awesome. We'll do well. We'll reserve some for the foundlings. As it should always be, the foundlings are the future. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way, right? Uh, anyways, they stole it from us. We're taking it back. All right. Anyways, uh, listen, I'm pretty excited about this series. And uh, uh, this series really is the, the vision of our church and what we want to see happening inside everyone's lives. And so do me a favor. If you miss a series, uh, a sermon in this series, please check out the podcast and uh, because there's a lot of this is super important for us. And so last week we talked about knowing God. And uh, we believe that it's imperative that, you know, wherever you are in your Christian walk, I believe that you can miss little things of God that, that he's trying to get you to pick up over, over the course of your, of your walk. And last week we talked about how you could be doing signs and wonders or, or, or reaching the lost or, or signed up on a team and leading worship and still missing the heart of knowing God in a personal way on a daily basis. And uh, we think that that's, that's the one thing that God wants to do in everyone's life. And so this week, uh, this is week two, and uh, we're going to talk about how in every believer's life, I believe that the Lord wants you to know freedom. Amen. And so today we're talking about finding freedom in the heart of every believer. Uh, John said it this way in chapter 8, verse 36. So if the Son sets you free... And you are free indeed. If the sun sets you free, then you are free indeed. And so I want to talk today about what's happening inside the hearts of all of us. Well, if I'm free, then why, why am I struggling with these things that I'm struggling with? Why, where are all these emotions coming from? Why am I still struggling with anger? Why am I still struggling with unforgiveness? Why am I still dealing with anxiety? Where is this fear coming from of, of uh, the, the, the coronavirus, right? Where's, where's uh, all these things that's going on in our culture right now? Why, why am I still dealing with this addiction? Why is it that I can't quit smoking? Why is it that I can't shake pornography? If I am free, then where is this coming from? When will my marriage finally find a breakthrough? It feels like again and again and again, I hit this roadblock, and I hit this roadblock, and I hit this roadblock. Has anyone else, can they, can they uh, agree with this scenario? I have found in my own life in Christianity that there are seasons of, of complete liberty in my life before the Lord again uncovers another area of my life of something that I'm struggling with. And it's like, he'll, he'll, oh, I'm doing so good, I'm so, and now I've got to focus in on this issue in my life that the Holy Spirit has revealed, Tim, you're struggling with this, and you need to get over it. And it could be anxiety, it could be fear, it could be uh, 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 lust, it could be uh, uh, finances. I don't know what it is that might have you down today, but I realize that in my life, again and again and again, that the Holy Spirit will put His finger on an area of my life that I thought that I had dealt with. To reveal... Because I believe the heart of God wants to see His sons and daughters free. Free. Uh, I don't know if you know, but like we live in the greatest country in the world. Right? It's one of our greatest monuments in, in, of our country. Uh, good old Lady Liberty, right? The, the, the Statue of Liberty. And she declares over our country something I want to remind you about here today. Spoken by William Wallace. Freedom! 
greatest scenes in any movie under the sun, right? But I, 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 I love that inside of him, there's a fight for his people to know freedom. And I, I have found that in the heart of God, there is a fight for the body of Christ to possess freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. And, but what I have found is that in the body of Christ, often there lies insecurities, there lies uh, uh, comparisons, there lies all of these things that when we, we finally get to the house of God and it's time to enter in, we bring all this stuff with us of what I've done wrong and what I'm still struggling with and where I'll never be and how I can't get there and why, what is it that's lingering? And I'm telling you, in the heart of your father, there is a strong rebuke for that thing that you're dealing with. And I know it because as a father, when I see my kids dealing with insecurities or the ability that, that they believe that they have possessed inside themselves a limitation, it angers me because I see the potential that's inside of them and they just can't see it in themselves. And so God is dealing with the situation inside of you that you're carrying that he's called you to let go of a long time ago. Because to him who the Son sets free is free indeed. And I would ask you, are you free? Have you found Christ? Are you redeemed? If you are, the Lord is trying to walk you through a process. Today we're going to talk about the life of Moses and, and the Moses journey to find freedom. I don't know if you know much about the story of Moses, but uh, Moses uh, was an Israelite. Um, his parents feared for his life, and so they saved his life by really risking his death shipping him down the Nile where he was found by the house of Pharaoh and raised up in the house of Pharaoh. And as he grew of older and older, he began to see God's people, his own people, his own blood, struggling with slavery, struggling with bondage. Moses watched as his brothers and sisters around him were whipped and abused and whipped and abused. Moses saw the oppression of God's people. Can you see it? I see it. And it grieved him and it grieved him and it grieved him to the point where one day something inside of him rose up and said, this has to stop. He laid hands on an Egyptian and it ended up coming to the scenario that Moses actually murdered that man. And in fear of his own life, realizing what he had done to save his people, he, Moses ran. He ran into the wilderness and uh, where he realized who he was, he abandoned his own life and decided, I am an Israelite. I must be an Israelite. I'm going to pursue the God of Israel. And he started off on his journey. Here's what I love is Moses had this encounter with God one day in the wilderness. And in that call, uh, God called him to, to free the people of Israel. It became part of his calling, part of your calling, part of your DNA inside of you is not just that you would find freedom, but that you would also help find freedom for those that are around you. And that Moses still dealing with his own issues and his own baggage, which you'll see through his all, all of his life. He set out to help others around him find freedom. And uh, that's really where I want to pick up here today. And uh, so Moses, in the book of Exodus chapter 4, he has this conversation in verse 29, I'm not going to get into, uh, but where he's telling God's people, 
He calls like a little huddle and all the elders and he begins to talk to them about the call of God on his life. It sounds very similar to the same call of God that came on Isaiah some 2,000 years later. The call of God that came on Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, he says this way. He says, And the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And He has sent me to bind up the broken harvest, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and to release from darkness for the prisoners. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to declare freedom to those that are captive today. Jesus, Lord, I need your help. In Jesus' name. I want you to know that God loves you and he knows the burden that you carry into this place today. He knows the frustration that you carry. And I want you to know as your pastor, as Moses saw oppression on his people, I see it in you and I've seen it in myself. And I want you to know that God is at war with that addiction, with that fear, with those finances that are overwhelming you, the worry, the guilt, the bondage, that thing that you're carrying today, the Lord is at war with. And it's funny to me how many times I have found freedom and walked right back into slavery. I'm going to show you it. Moses, in chapter, uh, Exodus chapter 5, verse 1, I'm going to pick up with this. And he says that after this presentation that Moses had to the Israel leaders, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. And they told him, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival in the honor, in my honor in the, in the wilderness. God's saying, I want my people to be able to worship me. Let them go, Pharaoh. And there are some of us, even during worship today, man, super great band, but a band doesn't help us worship. You're going to have the best you know, smoking. Uh, it doesn't matter who the worship leader is. Doesn't help us worship when within there's a war going on. But the Holy Spirit can. And the Lord's saying, Pharaoh, I want you to let my people go so they could come worship me. Here we go. I have to keep going. Verse 6. That same day, Pharaoh sent this order to the Egyptian slave drivers. And the Israelite uh, foreman, do not supply any more straw for making bricks. Make the people get it themselves but still require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Do not reduce the quota, for they are lazy. And that's why they are crying out, let us go make an offer of sacrifices to our God. Load them down with more work. Make them sweat. That will teach them to listen to lies. This is what Pharaoh says. And what I have found is that inside the body of Christ... There comes truth to every one of us. Oh no, God doesn't want this addiction in my life anymore. God doesn't want me overspending 
more money than I'm making anymore. He wants me to manage these things. God doesn't want me to be eating these types of foods anymore. God doesn't want me to, to, something is happening where the Spirit of God is talking to you about a war that's going on in your body. Your health is fading and God is trying to get it to correct. And so he speaks to you, but what happens is somehow the problem gets worse. Almost like God's identifying that your marriage is broken and instead of God, you come out of prayer with this solution that your marriage is now solved and you end up in the same argument that you went in to fix and it got worse. You, you set off to solve your health problem and all of a sudden it got worse. You started to address your anxiety and somehow your anxiety quadrupled and quadrupled and it's like, God, if you're addressing this, why is it getting worse? This is what's happening to the people of Israel. Moses goes and tells them, hey, look, I just met with God. He's going to free all you guys. I'm going to go tell Pharaoh, we're getting out of this. We're going to blow this popsicle stand. Pharaoh says, not today, Jack. And all of a sudden, the chain gets pulled back. And I'm going to make it worse for you. And I'm going to make it worse for you. And here's where you have to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Because the enemy will find a way, listen to me, I believe that this message is from the Lord and he's talking about some strongholds that all of us are dealing with. Because when God puts his finger on it, the enemy's going to rear his head. And when that moment happens, you're going to decide whether you want to quit or persevere. You're going to decide whether you want to quit or persevere. But just because God said it doesn't mean it's just going to come so naturally for you. If you're dealing with insecurities, let me tell you something. They're still going to come out tomorrow because there's still billboards. There's still perfect commercials of people that don't exist. And the enemy will rear his stinking head. And this is what the Lord then says. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. So... So, and then Pharaoh says to load him down with more work. And then in verse 22, then Moses went back to the Lord. He's all frustrated. And he says, why have you brought all of this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you even send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as, as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people. And you have done nothing to rescue them. And I have seen so many people, I have heard so many friends that are dealing with an issue that feels like once they start dealing with the issue, it's getting worse. And we don't know how to handle that in our prayer closet. And I'm telling you, I can see this in scripture. Once you start deciding, oh man, I've, I, gotta, I gotta lose weight now. It's gonna be ridiculously hard to start this process. Oh, I've got to get off these pills. It's going to be ridiculously difficult to start that process. It's when you start dealing with the reality that I have an addiction to something on the internet. It could be Facebook likes. It could be pornography. The moment that you realize that you have a problem, it's going to get harder. And the body of Christ is wondering why. Why? God, where are you? And I hear the word of the Lord, and God, this is one of the, the greatest 
scriptures in all of the Bible to the Israelite people. God would speak this over them in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. Therefore, say to my people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will free you from your oppression, and I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt, and I will redeem you with a powerful arm and with great acts of judgment. I want you to hear that. God is going to bring judgment on you. He is, you are going to sense conviction. Some people don't like that. But when God says this is wrong, he is trying to re- get you out of a situation. And sometimes you're not gonna, it's not going to feel good. But with great acts of judgment. I love it. I, I will claim you as, as, as my own people and I will be your God. I will claim you as my own people. I love that, I love that, I love that. Because God is saying, even when you're still not where you're supposed to be, I'm going to let you know you're mine. You're mine, you're mine. You're, he loves you just as you are. But we are going to fix this problem together. you got to hear that. God's not going to leave you there. And then he would say, then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from the oppression in Egypt. And I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to you, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. Let me stop there for a second. This is one of the biggest verses in all of the Old Testament to the Israelite people. It's God's four promises that he will, he will, he will, you will know him. He will redeem you. He will free you. He, 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 he will make you new and he will make you his people. God has promises to you, and this is promises that we've taken on as our church. We want to know God. We want to find freedom. We want to discover purpose. We want to make a difference. And all of this comes here in in these verses. But I want you to know that God wants you to find freedom because him who the sun sets free is free indeed. Him who the sun sets free is free indeed. I have to pray. I'm sorry. Lord, I know that you are trying to speak some things to some people here. I know that there are people in this room that are struggling in their finances, wondering where you are. And he is trying to deal with them about a budget. And we keep going back to overspending. He is trying to deal with some people in here that are dealing with fear. And he is trying to remind them that I am the Lord, your God. There are some people here that are dealing with insecurities, that are dealing with their weight, dealing with their health, and God is trying to redeem them and renew them and renew them and renew them. Lord, speak to your people. As God says all these things here in the scripture about how his promises, how he will redeem you, how he will, uh, he was, he will restore you, he will heal you, As God begins to declare these four promises of God, what I love that happens is in the very next verse is we find what happens in the heart of God's people. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said to him. This is the very next verse. But they refused to listen anymore because they had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. There are some people here that refuse to believe that God will restore you from pornography. There are some people here that refuse to believe 
that you are ever going to get the job that you want to have. There are some people here that refuse to believe that you could ever have the marriage that you vowed for at the altar. There are some people here that refuse to believe that you can have health again, that you can lose weight, that you could get off those pills, that you can have health in your mind, you can have clarity in thought. There are some people here that refuse to believe that things are going to work out. God's promising it over you that him who the Son sets free is free indeed. This is the scenario, not just that God is going to save your soul, but he wants to heal you, mind, body, and soul. God wants his people to walk in liberty. Maybe I've tripped over the whole gospel and I've missed it. But I think that God wants us to possess freedom. And there's some in here, I've tried smoking. I've tried quit smoking. <laughs> I've tried smoking. <laughs> I can't get through it. And so what happens is, is that we buy into an identity problem that says this is just who I am. It's who I've always been and it just is my reality. No. This is hogwash straight from hell. This is garbage. This is not the Lord speaking over you. This is the enemy telling you to stay put. Now, this isn't just spiritual. It is very, very, very spiritual. It's also very, very, very human. How human? Uh, uh, years ago, like before Christ, there was these philosophers that were huge. Aristotle, you ever hear of him? Uh, before Aristotle, there was his teacher, uh, Plato. Plato, right? Well, he had a theory that philosophers to this day teach their teachers uh, to teach their clients. And it's called the theory of the cave. You ever heard this before? Let me show it to you. And so in this theory, what they're talking about is that people, everyday people, struggle. And he says, Plato says, all right, well, let's think about it this way. Let's think about it like people are human beings that are all sitting in a chair looking at a wall. All sitting in a chair, looking at a wall. And behind them is a giant wall made of like bricks, okay? But there's a, there's a fire on the other side of that. And the only thing that these people sitting in a chair ever see in their whole life is the shadow cast onto the wall in front of them. A shadow, which is something that is not real, that has the appearance of something that is real. Do you understand? And so what happens is, is that people see these images on the wall and they believe them to be truth. Now all their life they see these images on the wall and they believe that these images are true. Well, you, you, you can never get a good job or you'll never be smart or you'll never be able to have a great relationship or you'll never blah, 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 blah. And he says, Plato believed that because these people spent their whole lives looking at the wall, if they were given the opportunity to get up from this chair and recognize that these images are actually just shadows. And if they had the opportunity to actually go outside and walk around and see sunlight for the first time, what people would do is they would be so frustrated by the brightness of the sun that they would not want to be outside in the sunlight. They'd rather go back into the cave, sit down in their seat where they were a slave and settle for the images on the wall. I'm telling you, I see this in the people of Israel. I see this in the church. 
and I have found this even in myself, where something inside me is saying, Tim, you've got to change. You've got to get healthier. You've got to get smarter. You've got to learn greater things. You've got to pick up your education. You've got to get more passionate. You've got to reach the lost. Tim, you've got to get going. God's calling you to do great things. But something inside of me would rather be the same because it's easier to just eat. When you're trying to lose weight, it just feels more comforting to go back to what was old. When you're trying to break the addiction, it's just better to just light up and have a cigarette. It just feels better. No, it doesn't. But the enemy has told us that the image on the wall is better than what's real. What's real is freedom. What's real is life. What's real is have a better marriage. But what's happening is because there's resistance in your marriage, you don't want to fight anymore. Let's just leave it as it is. A terrible marriage. I don't want to fight anymore. Because see, when going outside and looking at the sunlight and recognizing what's real is difficult, well, I'd rather what's easier. And I'll just sit and stare at the images on the wall and allow my darkness to continue. But the Spirit of God wants freedom in your life. The Spirit of God wants freedom in your life. The Spirit of God wants freedom in your life. And He's going to keep saying, this is an issue. It's got to change. It's going to kill you. It is killing you. It's killing your soul. It's killing my spirit that's inside of you. And you've got to go to war against this thing. God said, I'm going to free you. Moses has told the people that God was going to free them. And what they heard was, uh, if freedom means more work, how about you just keep your mouth shut, Moses? I'd rather not hear it today. Does this make sense? It became their identity. And there are people struggling with the finances, smoking, anger, drugs, and it just feels better to put that stronghold right back on after we've come out of the Holy Spirit. The road to freedom requires a crazy amount of perseverance. What I love about the passage of Moses is how many times Moses had to fight for their freedom. So Moses started off, right, and he approached him with this serpent and he said, look, I'm going to show you that God's going to and that didn't work for Pharaoh. So Moses had to go back and pray. And then God sent Moses, I want you to go back to Pharaoh and demand it again. He went back and he said, listen, if you don't obey God, there's, um, all the water is going to turn to blood. Pharaoh said, no, this happens. Moses goes back to God. And he's like, God, I tried. I did it. Everything you told me, I did it. It didn't work. What do you want me to do? I want you to go back to Pharaoh. Again? Go back to Pharaoh and tell him that if he doesn't listen, in, in Exodus chapter 8, I'm going to send frogs. All right, you're going to send frogs. He goes back. Hey, let my people go. Nope, frogs. Nothing changes. God's people are complaining. They're getting mad at Moses. Like, dude, we're working harder because you keep getting these words from God. Will you shut your mouth? Nope. God speaks to Moses, you got to go back and tell my people that I want them to be free. All right? We go back. Then gnats. Hey, let my people go or uh, gnats are coming. Sorry. Gnats everywhere. 
God's people are angry at Moses. Moses encounters God. God says, let my people go. Go back to Pharaoh. Go back to Pharaoh. Go back to Pharaoh. And I don't care how many times you got to try. If God's saying that he has a better way for you, then you got to get off your butt and you got to fight for something that's better than what you've got. You've been sold something that's better than what you paid for. And he's telling you what I paid for, the freedom that I paid for for you to have is much better than the crap you're buying. Stop compromising. Go back to Pharaoh. What I love is he would do it again with flies. He would do it again with livestock. He would do it again with boils. And several times the Lord would say this to Moses. Hey, in in Exodus chapter 8 verse 20, he says, look, then the Lord said to Moses, I want you to get up early in the morning and go confront Pharaoh. Wait, what? No, I want you to wake up, man. I want you to get up, get off your butt, do a little bit of work. If you want this thing called freedom... Get up early and go confront. I want the first thing that Pharaoh hears to be your ugly face standing right there saying, let my people go. He says it again. There's two times here in scripture. And, and then he says it again in, uh, in Exodus chapter 9, verse 13. And the Lord told Moses, get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. It may be work. You can settle for your bad health and watch it continue to decay. But him who the sun sets free, they are free indeed. And God's trying to give you life. And what happens is that chair is just so daggone cozy. Can you hear the Spirit of God talking to you about your insecurities and your frustrations and all of your limitations that you have only put on yourself? He's called you free. You've called yourself in bondage. And the Spirit of God is trying to pull you out. You're not the only one. God is talking to the people of Israel. He's talking to his church. There are many people here. You're on the worship team, man. You lead a small group. It doesn't mean you ain't got issues in your life. Look at your pastor. That was a joke, but um, (laughs) no, no one laughed there. All right. I, uh, I'm going to close with this. Deb, are you here? Can you come? You know what? Logan, are you here? Would you come also? Check this out. Um, I, I thought about this. Uh, 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 the flag is, is a symbol of, of the greatest country in the world, in my opinion. You go to Facebook, you may not see that today, but I believe we're the greatest country in the known world. But what I love about this is that this is a symbol that tells me that people died for this to be the greatest country in the world. People died for me to find freedom. Freedom is never free. Someone paid a price for the liberty that I have today to stand here at this pulpit and communicate the gospel to you guys. There's another image that I want to remind you of. Somebody died for you to possess freedom. Not freedom of speech, but freedom in the inner man. Because him who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I want you to know that the Lord is trying to tell you today, I I want you to know liberty. I want you to know no limitations. There's one last verse I want to read to you real quick. And it says this, For it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's 
for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. It's for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. If Christ set you free, don't leave today and go back to doing what you did before. If he's creating liberty in this room, let's walk in that. 